Welcome to the Winish Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle Fan Podcast. The podcast with all the subtlety of Darren Dodds in a china shop and the caution of Kenny Cameron with a checkbook. After a fairly long hiatus, we're back with a fifth episode, seven if you include the mini pods. So there's a lot to pack in. Alwa Agony, Morton Misery, the Queen's 39, the United Pumping, the Gayfield Contagion, plus some stuff on stats, big game Robbo and much more. 25 years worth more. Let's shuffle. Fucking business. What did Tarzan see when he found a screwdriver? Welcome one and all, I'm Andrew Moffat and for this much delayed pod we have uh, a man who's still delaying watching the highlights of our Broth Away, Ross McKenzie, That's Ross Rowe, uh, a man who has waited a month to be invited back on the pod, Stephen Riley, hello, hello, uh, and a man who wonders just how much of human life is lost in waiting, Andrew Young, hello, uh, and a man who's patiently waiting for a stir- surge of festive positivity as we get down to business, that's myself. So in the last month we've gone from being two minutes uh, of being top of the league to ten points off the summit, we've dropped points at home via Alloa and away to Morton, put in a sterling midweek performance away at Queen's before successive 3-0 thrashings, one at the hand, of, one at the hands of the side with the biggest resources in the league and the other at the hands of those with the least resources in the league before a battling 1-0 win over Dundee and whatever this Alloa game has brought us. So before I start we should point out the good news and the bad news, the bad is that we're away from studio for this pod so the sound won't be of the usual usual quality the good news is we're in a pub in Alloa of all places interesting fact about Alloa uh, it's the capital of Clackmannanshire the name Clackmannanshire deriving from the ancient Celtic deity Manu the god of fertility which is why per head of population more prophylactics are sold in Alloa than any other town or city in Scotland <laughs> so in honour of that we'll not kick off with a Highland highlight we'll kick off with your Cali Climax Andrew uh, I enjoyed the mini pod from Dumfries, actually. That was very nice. Um, the highlight football related is probably stopping the rot against Dundee last weekend and uh, getting it around Paul McGowan. Ross? My uh, Cali climax was the blessed moment when Riley stopped singing at Capuo. <laughs> That's all. What, did you, what were you singing? I don't remember. I think it was uh, <laughs> Miley Cyrus, the climb was one of them. But that, that was my highlight, it was my singing. So, um, yeah, um, I'm waiting for the X Factor to phone me. Uh, my highlight was probably uh, the Queen's Away and the Billy Hooliston Lounge and meeting the, meeting the old guy uh, in there. It was a lovely little lovely little snug in the in the old stand sort of thing that I think we would love to aspire to have at, at Cali Stadium. But that was that was really good, obviously the result as well. Um, so uh, on to a, a new a new feature, stat attack. We've talked a lot about tactics in previous pods and we'll go through each of the last four matches game by game, the last four or five matches game by game. But before that, something different. We've now played more than a third of our games in this campaign, so we've taken a look at some of the trends and stats that are standing out, like Derek Adams at a Slipknot gig. Um, (laughs) Home form, let's start with that. Last season, we won only five of our 18 home games. We conceded 22 goals. In those games, we've actually already won four of our seven home games this season, scoring 13 and conceding nine. So we've markedly improved at home already. Uh, and we've only failed to score in one of these games, as opposed to failing to score in four home games last season. So, you know, despite the United loss, does that not bode well? Does that not suggest more positivity in style in style of football, Ross? I think your stats are, are heavily skewed by the 5-0 Martin game. And, and I think maybe our expectations were skewed by that and the and the wee run that we went after it. I mean, I, 
we could look back at it and think maybe that was the worst result of the season because going into that game, we you know we were hoping for playoffs at best. We'd had a poor start at Tannadice, uh, the you know the struggled to beat Arbroath at home and then drew uh, at, at Dens. So at that point, we're thinking, okay, we'll take playoffs. And even before the season started, we were thinking second at best. The five 0 over Morton followed by a series of, you know, wins that we kind of ground out. Only one was comfortable. Only one of the home wins has been comfortable. And it was the, aside from that Morton one, and it was the 2-0 over Queens. Aside from that, you could always see problems at front and back, but still the results kept coming. We got carried away, and then the fall was just so much harder because of that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you talk about positivity of style. I don't think that the style has been all that apparent, really, and certainly in the last kind of, month and a half or so um, you know it, obviously the loss of Sean Welsh which is something we've talked about a lot is a big issue there but you know so many of these kind of like lofted balls from about 25 yards out you know um, so much kind of getting rid of it too quickly that sort of thing I think part of the problem is just that it's a fairly poor league you know and some of the chances we've created have gone in but I don't think it's as if we're kind of like played particularly fluently in games and um, have settled into some sort of winning formula at all really. No, I agree, I think we've, we've, we've played a clean sheets this year um, but I think Robo touched on his press conference yesterday that for all the clean sheets we're not scoring enough goals though, we're not taking chances, you look at the United game, Keaton's had two great chances, I agree with what Ross said there, that 5-0 home win sort of it, it, it puts out sort of blinkers on certain people's eyes. I think. I think there's a lot of problems up front. I think we're all right at the back, generally. Um, but again, we touched about it this morning on the way here. We've got a decent sized squad, but is it a good squad though? Have we got a lot of quality in the bench? So, yeah, my my problems the, the lack of goals at the moment. All right. Well, what about away form? Uh, nine wins on the road uh, was the best of anyone in the chart last season. Uh, nine wins that we got. Um, so far this season, we've won three, we've drawn one, we've lost three, we've scored seven and conceded nine, I think. Um, but those seven goals that we've uh, scored on the road are, are, are half the number of strikes that we've registered at home. So um, the away form isn't that bad. Though. I think the losses have only come against United and Morton and there was a draw against Dundee. So does that suggest that if the home and away form continues as it is, you know, despite maybe the absence of style you're saying or despite the fact we're only winning a game by a goal, does that not suggest we're going to finish top three? Probably just about, yeah. I mean, I, again, it's it's such a weak league. You know, is there any single team that we think right we're guaranteed points here? You know, um, I think that we have enough strength in the squad. Is there any team that we're some. what do you say that we're guaranteed points against? Yeah, Queens. Well, that suggests it's a stronger league. That suggests a more competitive league, doesn't it? Um, no, I don't. It's a flat I don't mean league. that. So, yeah, that's what I mean. What Ross said, it's, it's a flat league. Um, look, I think we'll, I, th- I, mean, I think we'll stay top three because every team is fairly sort of. You know, every team is, is fairly weak, um, apart from United, who I think are by far the best team in the league. But um, who knows? Is there any Sorry, team that's, that's been on a three-match yeah. winning streak apart from United? Air, air yeah. are on one now, aren't they? Yeah. There's, there's not a lot, though. You could yeah. win three games and they're back up there, whereas air, air before dropped down a little bit. There's no, there's no real teams that are making three, four, five wins in a row on a consistent basis. Hmm. Again, okay. everyone, everyone can be in terms In terms of the away form, before we move on... Um, that's been that's been a feature last season as well, where just the type of attacking players we have, they're not able to break down teams if they sit in against us. Mm-hmm. So you know the one team that that actually did sit in against us, even though they were at home, was Morton, and we couldn't and we couldn't break them down. Mm-hmm. But you know the likes of Story, uh, Curry, 
Dorin now most of the time need need that bit of extra space to create something. If you if you know if your fullbacks sit deep, then we're not going to get get beyond them. Right. Well, yeah. we we talked about Air having that run. Um, that's because they're scoring goals. Let's talk about goals. We've had uh, at time of recording twenty goals scored by twelve players. Um, six players, I think, have got three goals. That's Welsh, Dorin, Walsh, Toddy, uh, Keats, and White. Um, they was, they've all hit the net at least twice, obviously. United, they've got 33 goals from 10 players, so less of their players have actually scored, but obviously it's massively skewed by uh, Shanklin bagging 17, and only three other players, United, McMillan, Butcher and Clark, have actually hit double figures. So as much as you can talk about Shanklin not being available the other week and them still winning, they are the, the, the stats clearly show they are heavily reliant on Shankland. And if you look at Dundee, they've got 18 goals from eight players, so that's 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 almost the same amount of goals as us, but that's obviously only from eight players. But that's because they've got goals from Goal. three of their strikers. They've got, so, they've got a main goal scorer. Well, they've, no, they've got three strikers that have hit double figures, and they've got five players in total that have hit double figures. And Ayr have got 28 goals, which is obviously most of the rest of the teams from nine players. But again, that's because of strikers. Forrest's got eight, and McCowan's got five. So what's the trends there? What are the trends there, Ross? A strong front three. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's strikers. <laughs> well, we, we had that before, didn't we? Not? I mean, if you look at well, through the years, Billy McKay's, Adam Rooney's, Wyness and Ritchie going way back, we've always had pivotal two or three players up front that score goals. But, but last season, Jordan White was top goal scorer, wasn't he? Last season, if I remember. Just off the back of cup goals. Cup goals, yeah. yeah. But we had, a, we had a, a big spread of goals last year, which is good. As a manager, you want to see your front four or five players scoring, but you want to see the likes of those teams in yeah. a double figure well, so. the, the fact that Ayr are so high in the league the fact that Dundee mm. are quite high in the league despite being rubbish um, is because of their strikers are scoring goals this is and then at United you've got Shankland the best striker in the league banging them in this is a league this is a league and positions in the playoffs it's going to be won by strikers seemingly. Well, what the service though I yeah. mean you look, look at uh, sorry jump yeah, Andrew well, you look at the game against us the first game of the season Shankland's goals abysmal defending from some of them but the position the, the crossing from the right I think my Mullen stuck one in I remember that goal well it's not just the strikers you've got to have good delivery from the wide areas and I think we are so narrow in a lot of games we have been for years crying out for someone to take a man on the outside and cross the ball over and who's going to be the one that Shanklin style gets in between the two centre halves it's not Jordan yeah. no, no. I mean I think if, if we were to have a player going well into double figures it would be Keatings it would be Walsh and I think they're you know they need to you know, stay fit for long enough to get in a rhythm. I think actually Keaton's if we find the right way to get him into the team, um, will score goals. Yeah. Um, he does have that kind of sharpness. You know, he's got he, he strikes the ball very cleanly. He scores from set pieces as well. And and Walsh also can go and runs the goals, but they they've not been able to stay fit for long enough. Right. Well, let's talk about Keaton's um, assist wise. No. Keaton's he's still got the most. He leads us with four assists, but mm. worryingly only four other players other than defenders have actually got us any assists. White's got one, and Carson, Walsh and McGregor have all got two. And that's it. Hasn't Rooney got a, a number of assists now? Um, no, he doesn't. He should have. Uh, yeah. he should have should, if, if he does, he's only got about one, I think. I think he's no, 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 no. got one. James the number 10 for me. He's like, two alone from one game. <laughs> the, only, the other player that's actually got assists is Tremarco, because his tr- crosses yeah. tend to be from... I think he's got two or three, because he defends... He, he, Depending, he crosses from deeper. And Whereas Rooney on the other side, what does Rooney do? Rooney drives it. Yeah. So when he drives, he's driving it in traffic, or he may be getting the ball across a well, park. I think, I think that's what he should or be he's doing. getting a corner. 
That's the point. Lack of crossers. But he's playing to strengths. He's playing to strengths. He does have assists. He absolutely does. Rooney, he does. Yeah, we need to re-examine the Rooney. I don't know what your sources are, but they're telling you. He must have one, if not two assists total. I'd say more. He's got an assist against Air. He's got an assist against Alloway. How do you quantify an assist? What he does is he drives us forward. Puts the ball in the box. It doesn't necessarily mean he's got the assist. Maybe someone else picked up the ball from his pass. No, if he puts in the final box, does it? He's done four or five. Comes off some other defender or something. Maybe not, maybe yeah. not. Nah. We'll revise that in the next That one. doesn't really matter in terms of fullbacks. Midfielders should be getting more assists, should they not? So where do you see Keaton's then? I see Keaton as a number 10, right? And I think he's got potential uh, to score a lot of goals. But if you look at the last few seasons, he's not scored a lot of goals, but he's got a wand of a left foot. He can pick a pass. I don't see him scoring 10 goals a season. I think he's more a creator. He did in this league for, I think, for mm-hmm. Hearts and Hibs. Scored ah, well, 15. Uh, I think it was I expected. I think like, we talked in the start of the season. Keating's was a bit of a gamble. I see him when I see every other fucking ICP player, which is about 25 yards in front of the goal and not getting any further forward. But I don't think we, we, no, we, no we, we, well. use, we use three quarters of the pitch, mm-hmm. okay? We use three quarters of the pitch, uh-huh. right? We never get beyond the last man at the mm-hmm. moment. You know, we don't have balls coming back in and putting pressure. Also, we don't have anyone in the box who's going to hold the ball up. Therefore, everything, like I say, is kind of either being lobbed into the box mm-hmm. from 25 yards out, or as you say, players kind of coming coming in from from now from wide at that point, and it gets really now. You also don't have a poor this back, as well, though. Or, you know, someone driving yeah, through. exactly. I mean, just everything kind of breaks down around there. Apart from when we occasionally get a ball in, you know, to um, you know, and it actually is converted. No, okay. Okay. I want to talk about Keaton's a, a little bit later on when we talk about the shape uh, for the Dundee United game, uh, but. I, sh- I do think that Keaton's plays a lot higher up than Polworth and a lot higher yeah. up than McGregor. Mm-hmm. And when we bring Keaton's in, actually the shape of the team changes a lot, and we become a very broken team. And it's you know he, he doesn't come deep to look for the ball. Mm-hmm. You know he doesn't play alongside White, yeah. but he yeah, also kind of floats about in that yeah. area. And I think if he's sharp, he will score goals from that position. But we do need to look at, at you know. Uh, what that means for the rest of the midfield, and like I say, I'll mm-hmm. say more about that when we get to Dundee United. He's also more likely to score goals from that position if the defence is a bit stretched in the space for him. But if we are that narrow and everyone is kind of behind the ball, then we you need, know, we need he's going to be close down. We need a ten, whether it be Doran, because Doran's never had pace even when, before he was injured. But Doran played ten in the cup final, played a great role when we beat Falkirk. We Christie's number ten. We Andy Shinny back in the day. We just don't have that number ten. I thought it was Keaton's. I'm yeah. wrong, but we yeah. need someone there now. Right. Okay. Well, we can talk about something else in a second. But starts. Everyone started in the league apart from Machado and Harper, Donaldson and McCart. I think they played every minute of every league game. Uh, McHattie on the bench for every league game before Dundee at home last season. Was that his first actual last week. appearance? Mm-hmm. He come on as a sub before. Did he come on as a sub at all? Well, he must have played in the Challenge, Challenge Cup, but I don't. Aye, I've not seen him in the league. league. I don't think he's played, played at all in so the league. Until some game, some game to chuck, chuck yeah. him in. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And in terms of subs, Doran's been subbed six times from thirteen, and White subbed the most uh, seven from thirteen, which is obviously up from last season because he's got um, the he's got somebody to bring on. He exactly, have because he's got Todorov on the bench. But here's a question for you: Who is the most booked player? Ian Vigers. <laughs> <laughs> This season, oh, it's got our most. Jeez, our most. I'll say Trafford. You say Trafford. Rooney. You say Rooney. Um, Donaldson. Donaldson. So two of you are correct. Uh, it's actually a four-way tie. Um, four bookings each, I think, for in the league at least. Are Carson, Rooney, Donaldson, and Todorov. 
All right, how to turn off man's uh, that? I don't know. Probably right. brought on to tight well, wait, waist, well, maybe. Wait, 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 two players who you might expect to have cards, like Jamie McCart, centre-half, zero, zero cards. And, Clean player, though. And Jamie and McCart, obviously, a guy playing in the same position as, as um, Todorov, Jordan White, zero cards. But so Todorov's coming on. Robbo will quite often. Brutalising guys. Remember Rooney, lack of aggression right there. Remember the cup win, the cup replay win at Tannadice last season. Robbo brought Rooney on with five minutes to go. And he said, waste time, get booked, start a fight. And, and he's probably, you know, and Rooney, Rooney did all three, you know, this is, this is, that's his skill set, right? So um, I reckon he's probably bringing Todorov on late on games and saying, Similar thing, see yeah. the game Pick out, take, about, yeah. take your book in, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's part of the skill set. All right, well, uh, runs are also part of yes, the Yes, yes, right, yeah, yeah. We'll wind this section up. Um, just in terms of trends, most of the goals we've conceded have come in the like, first 15, 20 minutes and last 15 minutes of games. We've scored the most goals in the last 15 minutes of games. I think about six times we've scored goals in that period. And we've had a quarter of our goals in 16 to 30 minutes, which could mean nothing or everything. <laughs> lies, lies, damned lies, and statistics. Okay, game by game, back to mid-October and two games against Alloa. Um, 3-0 win, first goals for the club from the soon-to-be-departed Mitch Curry. A goal from Matthias Machado, deflected straight from Charlie Trafford. The latter is kicked on, but the other two have not. And then the week later, we find ourselves two minutes uh, from top of the league. Screamer from Tramarco, fantastically heard from White before Troughton pops up at the back post in the last minute. How frustrating was this and, and who can talk us through the differences between the two games? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously frustrating to, to lose that late goal. Um, just very briefly dealing with the Challenge Cup game, it was great to see Machado um, take his chance, score his goal. Looked absolutely delighted to get it as well, you know. And everyone says there's a lot of talent there, and I hope that he's one of these players that is, you know, capable of developing, you know, that talent, or we're capable of developing it, you know, and he comes on to be an important player for us. Um, I do wonder, I know it was uh, there were changes to the lineup, but did we maybe underestimate Alawa? You know, we were going into that game, potentially going top of the league, and thinking, well, we've just come um, come off a 3-0 Challenge Cup game, and what you see in that 2 all draw is the problems that we have seen intermittently with the defence all season just absolutely epitomised. So the opener... You've got um, players looking really flat-footed, looking a little bit weak um, when you've got uh, opponents running at them. You know, I don't think our defenders have dealt particularly well with um, with players that are actually prepared to take them on this season. And so both Donaldson and Trafford were left looking absolutely flat-footed. Um, Buchanan or whoever it was put Buchanan through, just absolutely skinning them. That's really frustrating, um, and we see that again later in the year or later in the um, in the matches between that game and, and today, um, Dundee United, we lost against players running at us. Against our growth, we lost against players running at us as, as well. So I think that's an issue. You know, Our defenders don't like players that will take them on. The other problem in the two-all game, even though we actually created a few decent chances, they were coming from the same sorts of positions. You know, these, as I've talked about already, these kind of balls being lofted in from about 25 yards. And then, unforgivably, we lose a goal in the 89th or 90th minute from somebody not being picked up from a throw-in, yeah. okay? and that was shocking. And then Troughton is in absolutely acres of space, and that lack of concentration is really, really kind of um, Was it McGregor? Criminal. 
Um, I can't remember if it was McGregor or not, actually. Yeah. What, are you blaming no, McGregor in the cut. fucking six-yard box? It was Curry, it was Curry. Was it Curry? Oh, it was Curry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Curry so it was, I mean, it was, it was like to, be, to be fair, right, it's, it's, it's an attacker defending, but still. It's, it's, like it's, it's an individual error. No, but it's a 90th minute, right? Individual And you've got, no, it's a 90th minute, and you've got someone who is in acres of space in the box. It's absolutely ridiculous, all right? You know, and your defenders, if nothing else, should be hopefully directing the younger players a bit better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the thing about that is, going into, I uh, maybe maybe I'm being unreasonable, but the thing is, we've seen it a few times too many this season from players that have been reliable. And the point is that that actually dovetails nicely into the Morton game. If I can just talk about that very briefly, and then let Ross take over when two really really shambolic bits of defending. Um, let them win a game that they should never have had any business winning. You know, two long balls over the top. The first one, Tomarco standing there trying to play the offside trap, doesn't work, and he just stops. And Chris McCart is so busy. Sorry, um, Jamie <laughs> McCart rather is so busy. Chris McCart is so old. Jamie McCart is so busy. He's so busy, kind of looking at Tomarco as if to say, "What are you doing?" Yeah. That meanwhile, Bobby Q's kind of streaking away from him, kind of going, see ya, and slotting the ball in. Okay, so right, that's bad enough. Then you get to the second goal, Donaldson. which is a ball over the top, right? Yep. And Donaldson, I mean, what the Well, you know, can, I just, can I just talk about that? It was a lesson. It was a history lesson. Built at Greenock was the 7th HMS <laughs> Glasgow, a Southampton-class <laughs> class light cruiser, commissioned in 1937. She took part in the raid that crippled the Italian fleet at Taranto in 1940, but then had the unfortunate experience of th- sinking two Allied yes, ships during our wartime service, just as we were sunk by Donaldson's late freshie in this late match. Uh, late this match, sorry. Criminal. Late yet again. Two weeks, freshie, in, two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know so it was, yeah, it was one of the worst individual mistakes we've seen this season. And Donaldson always has that in him. For, you know, I oh, like watching Cole Donaldson. You know, he's, he's a pleasure to watch when he's... Yeah, he, he obviously gets a bit overconfident and he's too casual. Would you want him in your quiz team? In my quiz team, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his general knowledge is like. Uh, I, I just, uh, I, I actually, I was calling for him to be dropped after that game. I mm. thought we'll get Brad McKay and give him a rest because he's too casual. But anyway, no, I, I enjoy. I do enjoy watching him overall. Mm-hmm. But in that game, I thought I was. St- we didn't. Did we mention that? You know, when we when we went two one up the previous week against Alloa, we were top of the league for about two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I you know I, I I couldn't let go of that. Mm-hmm. Like that that I couldn't let go of that thought that we might win the league or that we might even just go into the United game top of the league and be happy with a draw or whatever. You know, so my feeling and it could be skewed by by that that desperation to believe that we could win the league was that we were okay against Morton and that okay it was an ugly game they got an early goal and then they sat deep and then an individual mistake cost us but actually it felt like for most of the second half that if any either of the team was going either team was going to win it it was going to be us now we were playing Keatings quite high up we had Curry and Story on either side um, we brought McGregor on later on, but um, we weren't creating wonderful chances, but we were bringing the game to them. And I just, overall, I felt it was a really unfortunate result that, you know, due to individual mistakes and that we could put it behind us and then carry on where we from where we left off. So I, I wrote this, as you can tell. Uh, after that, we had the Queen's away. The Queen's 39, a hardy group of frostbitten supporters on a Tuesday night in Fries. Fair play to everyone who was there. A fantastic performance overall. Goals from Doran and Toddy on his first start. And great display from all three midfield was 
was this Carson Trafford McGregor coming of age Andrew Moffat <laughs> he did that so well you're the next well, you're uh, the yeah, next presenter you're the next presenter yeah. I, I so I'll have a day off once Moff goes off to start a totally Cali Thistle podcast uh, yeah. you'll, be, no, you'll be standing you're the he match he goes, goes rogue <laughs> this, this was a this was a really good midfield performance from um, from two guys maybe taking a bit of stick this season uh, we've we've particularly said ourselves that you know Welsh and Vincent are you know par for par you know pound for pound really uh, our midfield two first two picks so Carson and Trafford really great performance from both of them um, Carson just box to box driving forward gave the team impetus, impetus and we've seen that again in recent weeks and Trafford was just was just excellent he was just he really he did a, he almost had a Welsh like display when he was picking the ball up coming in between the centre halves picking it up playing it left playing it right really really good it was just a really good team performance and then you had McGregor playing in the pocket and he lost he lost the ball quite a lot of the time but then he he made things happen as well you know um, he got into the channels he linked up play and he just did everything that you sort of think that James Keatons might do but, but doesn't because as you said earlier he's a different type of player Ross yes. so it was just a, it was a really really quality sort of performance of a team who you think is going places to go down there in midweek and with maybe a sort of a below strength team and to get the points and to get the points very convincingly Anyway, um, let's go on to United. <clears throat> Three 0 loss. What what can I say about this game? Um, it was the highest attendance at the stadium this season. Well, thanks uh, to United fans. Two thousand nine hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keating some nice touches. He, oh, he gave the ball away. Should have scored at least once. I think. Was was this just a real kick in the nuts? Sort of a reality check about where we are, where these group of players are as a team this season. I've rarely been so upset at a Cali game in my life because <laughs> you know I just I wasn't prepared for what happened and really against United at home I wasn't prepared I thought I thought we could we could try and match them uh-huh. but it was obvious from the first minute that we weren't going to and Robbo keeps saying he said it just in the press conference yesterday the pre Alua press conference that we played well we had our chances. Keating's header at the back post. How many back post headers has James Keating scored in his career? I suspect none. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, it was okay. It was an easy header at the back post, but like, it's not. You know, it's not to say that we were in the game. We were completely owned from the first minute to the last. And we talked about it in August. We t- even as as late ago as August. You know, and we're drunken idiots. You know, but we knew we knew that in that yeah. game we were thinking by that game we said. If we're playing really well, if we're playing coherent attacking football, then we'll just bring our game to United. But if we're not, and we weren't, then we need an extra man in midfield. They yeah. play 4-4-2, we'll have an extra man in midfield, you know, but no. And not only did we not have an extra man in midfield, but we had Keings instead of McGregor. And that's almost taking a man out of midfield, because what you're just saying about McGregor is, yeah. McGregor goes deep to get in the battle, he doesn't always win it, but it's, he's a presence it's there. Yeah. You, get, you know, he's, 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 he's rushing about in there, getting involved, and then when the space is there, he's there to take advantage of it. Keatings plays much higher up the pitch, and we're a, we're a completely broken team. And you're talking, Andrew Young, you're talking about the runners in, in this game. And in the Arbroath game. And that just goes from how broken the team is that the front four are just not there to defend. Mm. Now, no defenders like players running at them. But and, and the reason that, that they had so many players running at them is that there was no midfield. And Robbo didn't even change it over the course of the whole game. You know? And he and he then and they then put the well, okay, he went to Arbroath and then put the same the kind of very similar shape out. Um and the fact that he changed it against Dundee and brought McHattie in from the cold 
and dropped Keatings, not because Mackay's better than Keatings, but just because the balance of the team was all wrong. Because the penny dropped him. That was an absolute acknowledgement mm-hmm. that he had threw those points away. And it's just so sad. I mean, I, don't, I didn't think, you know, I didn't really probably believe that we could challenge for the title, but I wanted to keep yeah. a thread of belief into the spring. Yeah. And I just feel like Robbo chucked that away for us. And I don't understand why it took him three weeks to realise the mistake he'd made. Yeah. No, it was, it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's, it's more disappointing because he has made that change for the Dundee game and gone for the three in and just gone, you know what, let's be pragmatic. Mm-hmm. And we've won the game against one of our rivals which we'll talk about later let's go on to our both away um, so that was a both away it took place on the 9th of November also on the 9th of November 1989 the Berlin Wall was opened after standing for 28 years as a symbol of the Cold War coincidentally on the same day Arbro's Pleasureland uh, Tay and Angus's <laughs> largest indoor funfair and amusement arcade opened a people that had seen only darkness the strict rule of autocratic law and eternal misery could finally get a go in the dodgems Riley so I, I, I've been looking forward to this away game since probably the day the fixtures came out. Um, a little throwback stadium. Uh, steak and black pudding pies were tremendous. A couple of snippets a day, our, our new chairman, Ross Morrison, getting his tat out. Showing his that in the pub. That was his a nice what? Little, his tat. He's got a Cali Thistle tattoo <laughs> on his upper shoulder and he'll be listening. So, uh, cheer chairman. Uh, abysmal, abysmal, a cracking day, abysmal game. Uh, first half, weren't the races. Second half, I don't, I don't think we came out this out the dugout, out of the changing rooms in the second half. Um, hopeless against a team that are well, well drilled at home with a manager who's very underrated. I've got a lot of time for Dick Campbell. I think he plays really good football for what he's got. Again, on the, on the back of the, the previous week, just no ideas up front. I sat with, I stood with you and your brother, Andrew, and I never, I never seen their keeper touch the ball in the second half that yeah. I can remember. Yeah. No, no, ante- no, no anticipation, no integrity, nothing going up front. Uh, story, hopeless. Trafford hopeless, just a cracking away day apart from the game. There was talk from some from some fans, um, Paul Irving saying there's a real lack of dig in this team and what our both have is dig. They also have a lot of good players, but they have dig and we had zero. Ah, oh, they've got the, 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 they work well. I mean Bobby Lynn's a player that we spoke about in the podcast way back at the beginning and I think they keep it biting the backside in the the first game at home, but they're just well drilled, they know what they do, they've got got a little bit a little bit of heart that we don't get and I think I think Andrew touched about the lack of Welsh in the team. I don't think he's a big voice. We don't have a lot of leaders in the team in terms of verbal leaders, but he's got a presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to a away game, especially a bro small ground, you hear no one talking, we lose a goal, there's no one in the team geeing the players up. It's it's a, it's a reluctance and we just accept it and that's that's what we are at the moment. It was a, it was a real low point in the season and a low, I think it's a low point of actually being in this league, if not a low point. In the twenty-five years of yeah, it was, of, a, it of, was of our history. It to was be honest, a low I mean, point in my life. I, you know, I can only compare it to the the Dumbarton defeat a year or two, two years two before the two-one. And it was probably the last time we lost a part-time Which team. Which did feel like a bit of a turning point, you know. So you never know. Well, yeah, but it was it was just one of those days where you know you question if you're going to do it again the following week. You know, At least you scored against them, Barton. You could never see us scoring against our bros. I mean, because I played for three days yeah. there and never scored. On the way home, I was, I was, you know, it doesn't, it never lasts long, but mm-hmm. I was questioning. I was like, you know, I've got a new job. I'm really busy. I've got young kids, you know. I've got a drink problem and a porn, <laughs> addi- <laughs> and a porn addiction like the rest of us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> well, so, you know, we go and then win next week, 1-0 against Dundee. There's a, there's a fantastic line in the, in the club match report online of this game that reads um, only for Doran to contort his body 
when scoring, but how much did Robbo contort the team shape here and how much were we calling out for this, Andrew? I think, as Ross has already pointed out, bringing McCarthy in was an acknowledgement that we needed some sort of solidity in there. We needed to kind of show up uh, or, or have much more presence in, in the middle of the park, you know. And fair play to him for doing that. And it seems like someone like, you know, um, Carson, David Carson, does seem to have had a few games now where he's able to you play well last week, you know, and take, take it by the scruff of the net. And I'm glad for that because he's obviously, you know, he's, he's a player that really wants to do well and he got a lot of stick at the start of the season. At the same time, um, Dundee, to some extent, played into our hands. I mean, I think they've got a really soft centre as well. Mm-hmm. And um, they also did the opposite of what I talked about being someone we hate. You know, I'm saying we don't like players running at us. Yeah. They played in possession, but they're playing this kind of loop ball over the top that's about the easiest ball to defend. You so know, I said a horseshoe. Is it like a, a horseshoe. horseshoe? It's like they're playing from one touch line. They've got strikers as well, you know, they've got Nelson, they've got Hemmings, you know, I mean Christ, what's happened to Hemmings? I don't know. So um it's we have, all we have there as well, who's I, been anonymous to see so, for Dundee. Yeah. I mean it seems ridiculous to say that they were probably the best team we could have got, you know, at that particular mm-hmm. time, but actually they seem to be a team that kind of plays prettily enough but with very little penetration, you know, and it worked for us. And you know, I mean there was lots and lots of fight in the in the ICT um side and I don't want to take that away from them but it's the real reason this actually is probably because by Don's back doing the announcements the Tanai announcements that's the real reason you know, it's like um, Ravens leaving the town of London but when Don comes back then suddenly things are, are better again uh, yeah, absolutely so, love, uh, love a yeah, mention I'm exactly sure uh, right. uh, another great line from the ICT match report uh, against Dundee was Cali tried to interrogate the Dundee back line so but next we're going to interrogate our big match approach with Ross McKenzie yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. That's well, a great thing. The big match. What do we mean by the big match? Heads to heads with the perennial winner and the perennial loser is what we mean. So. Jurgen Klopp in finals, uh, albeit pre-last year or so. The Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Germany v the Allies. Eddie the Eagle in ski jumping. And BBC Scotland's the nine news show against anything else on at that time. There's <laughs> always a winner and there's always a loser. And each of these, uh, most of these have been perennial losers. Just has, just has Cali uh, have been against the championship winners since they've been in this league. Um, St Mirren two seasons ago. McGregor's mob last year, United so far this season, I believe it's 10 games, 7 losses, 3 draws, 0 wins. Ross, talk us through your concept. Um, it's not so much a concept, it's just a, a series of facts. I mean, Well, I think you've, you've, uh, you've badged it as a concept. I do want to, I think you've badged it as <laughs> and a concept. And I've been looking forward yeah. to it all week. I, I want to caveat it by saying that I, I think Robbo's the best man for the job, despite what I was shouting at him after the Arbroath game. Yeah, and, uh, yep. and, and that he's done a great job um, and the cup run last season and, you know, people might you know look down their noses at it, but the Challenge Cup win the previous season... You know, have kept us at a level where a level of enthusiasm that might have, you know, it could have gone, it could have gone a lot worse. We could, we could be Dunfermline. Look at Falkirk. Well, we could, we could be Dunfermline. Falkirk. Falkirk. Falkirk uh, you know, Falkirk, who are yeah, a Falkirk. bigger club than us. Yep. You know, uh, Park Thistle, or mm-hmm. you know, so th- he has managed the relegation better than other clubs of our size. You know, so I'll say that, but I also want to say that um, regardless of how you look at it, he wasn't, he hasn't won a big game. For fifteen and a half years, um, and that is that is a worry. So May two thousand and four, we all remember those glorious days. 
Um, since then, so <coughs> he ballsed up every job he had after he left us. League results were poor. Um, first season back, I wouldn't even look at our games against St Mirren, as you've mentioned. We weren't in the same league as St Mirren that season. There was one big game in that season, and it was the home game at Dunfermline at the end of April of that season that we needed to win to get oh, us into the playoffs. And Jesus. it was a 95th minute Nicky Clark equaliser. Um, so that was, and then last season we were in contention actually, and there was a wee period in the spring where County and United were both rocking, and we could have gone on a wee run mm-hmm. um, that would have put us in contention for the title at some point last season. But um, the big games, the games against you know the four, uh, the well of the eight games against those two, the top two, we um, what did we do? We drew four and lost four against against United and County. We drew four and lost four. So those were last season's big games. Uh, well, I think if if we had taken six points off County last season, then oh. they would... No, if we had taken those points off them, they would have actually finished level with United. So yeah. those, these are big games. I think also in the previous season, if we had taken only six, so half the games, uh, points off St Mirren, then we would have finished second rather than Livingston. Who, 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 who are yeah. now in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So these games are season-defining. And we're losing them all, or drawing them at best. Yeah. And, you know, I would say the United game on the 2nd of November was the first big game of the season, and we completely chucked it. So it's becoming a theme now, and I don't, you know, I don't think it's a curse, I don't think it's a voodoo, it's not the evil eye. Um, I think that Robbo is being naive, and he's being too loyal to the players yeah, that are possibly. doing well you'll stick out the same team oh you've done well against Queen of the South or you know yeah. you've done well you need to play to your circumstances I think, I think Robbo's got a little bit about, about Butcher Syndrome about lack of what to change things Butcher was always bad for that he would, he would never change things to the last possible minute but I I'm going against what Ross is saying I think you can any manager you can blame a manager to a point but again going back to what I said before lack of leaders on the pitch I think we don't, we don't have as great as a squad and, I, and I've only realised that in the last couple of weeks. I thought we had a good squad in numbers, but when you look at quality, we don't have a great squad as opposed to some other teams. But how, how long can you blame the manager? You've got to look at the players in the pitch. Sometimes the goal against Alloa, we mentioned, that's not Robbo's fault. No, that's, that's stupidity from the defence. No, no. And I get your point. He's got he's done a great record since, what, that St. Johnson game. But we won a lot of decent games under Robbo. The Dundee United game last year, the Cup game, they're not all beat against Dumbarton. But... I don't think that's a robo problem. I think it's more we're missing a voice in the pitch. Maybe a foreign, not as a manager, as a player. We miss a leader in the pitch that can maybe take the game forward when the manager can't. Because when the manager sends the players out at 3 o'clock and at 3 4, eight, four o'clock, do you, think, do you think maybe yeah. we need more, like, more, some more sort of agricultural players? Players that you would think when you sign them, God's sake, we've signed a Paul Payton or something. Well, but if you look at. Have we? When Sean Welsh. When, when, no, Sean Welsh is a cultured midfielder. Ah. He's not an agri- he's not an agricultural. I don't player. think he's, he, he does dirty jobs. He's not a dirty player. No, no, no he does the dirty work. He, he doesn't. He doesn't stand out in a game for being a flair player. He's a, he, he glues a lot of sort of play together, which well, made Joe Chalmers a better player. Let's have, let's, have, let's have a look at the teams that beat St Mirren and beat uh, County. St Mirren, uh, they were beatable. They got beaten in their championship winning season by Morton, by Dunfermline, by United, and by Livingston, who are the most agricultural of all teams. Uh, and County <laughs> last season, they, la, County last season lost to Morton twice. They lost to Queen of the South. They lost to United, as most teams have done, and they lost to Alloa. But they still won. And these are teams that are not playing, you know, tippy tappy football. 
These are so, agricultural teams. That Livingston team were massively underrated that season. Quite a lot of them are still holding their own very well in the Premier League. Same as United. Yeah. They were, they were players that knew team. their jobs Predominantly really well. due to David Martindale, it's been noted now, not Hopkins. Oh, we've had that. Yeah, no, no, but that's, kept the team together. Not, one one not, not United, point. That, that's not the point. The point mm-hmm. I mean is that actually they were very underrated at the time. Yeah. Do you know, there, there were players like Lithgow and all that were actually very, very solid players that you know probably would have stood out as dependable and match winning. Would or you? rather, should, rather than match winning players that would not easily concede matches mm. in any team in that league. So would, you t- would you take the likes of a Paul Payton in the midfield? I, I, I Paul Payton's, no, Paul Payton, Paul Payton's no, a pretty no. terrible example. You yeah. know, I'm thinking that you know of a destroyer. Anyone who's a destroyer. I, we don't really have a destroyer. I mean, Carson's, in, Kevin Car- Carson's a great box to box. <laughs> Well, he may, you know, maybe he's going to redevelp. <laughs> he could be the Joe Chalmers. It could be. So. I mean, it, it, we don't have. We, we haven't had we, a destroyer for a long those, time. We don't have many of those in the league. Let's have, who's the, the next Paul Cherry? <laughs> if we're playing, you know, if Nina. we're playing. Charlie Trafford was man of the match against United. And, you know, because he was flailing around the centre circle, mm-hmm. you know, making last-ditch challenges. And I think if, if that if that's your man of the match, then you're, you've already lost mm. the game, probably. No, you know, if Charlie Trafford's playing well, it's because you've got no control of the game. And yeah. ideally, we wouldn't need. I mean, we were, you know, it was only it's only six weeks ago we were looking at uh, Welsh and Trafford together and thinking, oh, we don't need a destroyer. We're just going to be stroking the ball about, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. to the, all the way up to the top tier, you know. Anyway, off the back of this, I would like to propose a future a future feature, which is agricultural versus cultural. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that sounds very highbrow. <laughs> I don't know if it'll work. Uh, okay, so if we take United out of the equation, we know we can beat Air. We've done it. We know we can beat Dundee. We've done it. So we finish second. Uh, we beat one of them again, and then we face a playoff against St Mirren, Hamilton, or St Johnston. Easy. League look ahead. Let's look forward. Let's cast an eye upon the next uh, month of football. Next few games. Some notable observances in the next few months. We give thanks for a National Gratitude Month. It's Sweet Potato Awareness Month. And in the Dominican Sweet. Republic, one for James McPake here, November is Community Service Month. <laughs> um, so we're in, we're in Aloha at the time of recording. Aloha is, of course, known as the birthplace of actor Robert Fife, who is uh, best known for his role as Hubbard in uh, Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> Did you pull that? <laughs> <laughs> I have lost at home to Arbroath, Ayr and Dundee. The pitch has been widened since last season's 0-0 draw and they rely on dirty tactics. This should be a win, shouldn't it? They rely on dirty tactics. Absolute harsh. They do, they, well, I've got the stats to back it up. They've had three players sent off this season. That's the most in the league. They've got 18 yellows as opposed to our 12. Troughton leads their bookings with a record four. So based on that, with our wafer thin squad, I say bottom two. I would sell my grandmother and yours to get Troughton in our team by the way he is a really really clever footballer he's exactly the sort of thing we need I think I think yeah. today. I mean, I think Alwa. You know, maybe they they do play dirty sometimes, but they play nice, neat football. They're not particularly a big team, but they will actually take players on. That's how they beat United and how they got that two all draw against us. Um, I have no idea 
how we're going to do it today. Have they widened the pitch today? Have they widened the pitch? Grant hasn't been doing that. I think Grant's actually, you know, everyone thought Grant was going to be an absolute halfway. You know, yeah. coming in. We've not been here so good when obviously Goodwin had it, what, yeah. minimal. Uh, it has been widened. It has been widened. It was terrible. You know, everyone thought he'd be halfway, but actually he's played decent football with He's done, he's done. They're coming off a draw against Partick, when a panelling party played really well, and Alan contained them excellently. And they beat them firmly here. Um, but I mean, it's not that hard, but still, you know, they're good, they're good at home. You know, um, so I think um, I think we're going to have to be better, a bit more adventurous going forward as well today, rather than just punting kind of like balls in the box and hoping that White or whoever will snaffle them up. You know, because I think Alla will know how to, they'll be wise to that. You know, and we'll end up mm. getting picked off. So okay, annoying. that's enough about Alloa. Um, same for December. Air uh, at home, they got a 0 0 up the road last season. We only managed to beat them 1 0 in the other encounter. The recent game was actually pretty even despite us winning it. Mm. Could have gone either way, but for some point, point blank saves from Ridgers. Um, but um, if, if we can't beat United, um, then we've got to be beating the teams around us. And if we do beat them, that's a massive statement. So I think Air, correct me if I'm wrong, when's the last thing they beat us? At home, we always seem to turn them over in Inverness. We turn them over everywhere. Yeah. Well, there was that nil-nil. Especially at home, though. I mean, aye. Last season, John Wentz were late, didn't they? They're too open. Aye, there was, but there was a nil-nil when they came up and they were down to ten men and everybody was screaming about it because they had just come up. And but the, before that, we hadn't played them for a long time. I don't think. Yeah, good, good record against them. We've got an outrageous yeah. record against them. Yeah, we do. Especially mm-hmm. as they've been one of the most attractive footballing teams in the league for the past couple of years. And yeah, they come up really like them. I think they're a. You know they've got far more kind of flamboyance and creativity going forward than us, and um, and yet for some reason we just always seem to beat them. And I mean, they that, always go the down the hammer throws. Right, at the last game, as well. yeah. in fact, the last game, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we managed to beat them again despite enduring a fifteen-minute spell at the start when they were all over us. You know, and it ended up with me making an absolute tip myself on this very podcast, saying that Miles' story on the wing is the answer. Yeah, and that's now yeah, it's been comprehensively been proven to be the, the most idiotic statement ever issued through yeah, any form of so. media. Just on the story, and we didn't mention the Clyde Challenge Cup game. Just on the story, like like. The in the Clyde game there was a there was a moment where the Clyde keeper boots the ball off the arse of his centre half <laughs> and, it, and it spins out to Story in space in the corner of the box. He's got half the box, the goal's in front That's of him, right. and he, he gets the ball at his feet and he plays that kind of speculative ball towards the penalty spot that goes to nowhere. The he's, goal's fucking gaping in front of him, uh, It's just I feel sorry for the guy, right? Because this has happened this happened to him at Park Thistle as well. He's not a right winner, uh-huh. but Robo signed him because he could get him for the in, the in the wage structure that he's got. He could get him. He's been here before, so he knows the deal. We've talked about bringing players back and how easy it is when you've been here before. But he's not a right winner. But, but Robo's playing him there because he's fast and he's physical. And but he, he went on. But we don't use him that way though. We and he looked quite good. No, we don't use him properly. No, no we don't. In that run. position, unfortunately. But okay. But, but, no, but anyway. sorry, just a final word on sorry. He went on a wee run when we were in the top league the first time he was with us. He went on a wee goal-scoring run. Where did he play? Up front, yeah. Up front on his I own. Know, yes. but see when he was one on one. We see when he should be playing now. No, no, our broth. He's one on one on the goalkeeper. Uh-huh. I didn't even flinch. There was n- at no point did I no, think it was a chance of going one on one with the goalkeeper. If you don't play that you position, don't, if you don't play that position every week, and then you get in these positions, you're probably not going to score. But if he's playing that position every week, as evidence when he played oh. in the top league and he scored eleven goals, scored against Aberdeen, scored against Celtic, scored against Motherwell. The guy's a striker. You know, he's an instinct striker. Look at the goal against our the first game. The keeper had the howler right. The, the last minute goal against our at home, the 3-2. Keeper should be saving that every, every day of the week. The one Ross is alluding to there, 
I was the same as you. He threw in goal, no chance of scoring. Didn't even imagine it was. Possible. He didn't even. He tried to loft it over the over the keeper. Oh, the keeper Christ. caught it in his chest. Ah. You go either side of the the keeper or loft over. The boy he probably scored a forty yard worldie and not mean it. And then he'll, he'll, he'll miss an open goal the next week. Right. He's an instinct striker. I think. Anyway, that, we're supposed to be talking about air. We end up talking about my old story. Uh, next, we're going, going to Partick away on the 14th of December. The Maryhill Magyars, the Harry Rags, the West End, the Galatarians, the Firhill Fashionistas, John Lambie, Jerry Britton is the King of Spain. What's that about? You've not mentioned Penrace yet. I was going to say something about David Hasselhoff. <laughs> um, Partick away, a must for anyone. I think it's the only trip in Glasgow other than shopping with the missus where you can enjoy the unique experience of the uh, Clockwork Orange without covering up your colours for fear of the slow realisation and dead-eyed glare of the of the old firm fan. I think if you'd uh, ask uh, Mr Maryhill, who's just left Maryhill now, to uh, oh, yeah, to talk about his uh, former home. Talk us through it. Yeah, Thistle, I mean, I think they're just one of these teams that you just don't know. They look on paper far better than they should be, and mm-hmm. I keep thinking under McCall they're going to turn around, you know. Um Miller's an excellent player at this level, Agreed. absolutely. Zanata has lots of quality, even if he's inconsistent. Um, I think Stuart Bannigan also, in the past, has been a really good player. It's just that, obviously, under Caldwell, it went badly wrong, but I think he has been a good player. And Tamil Ware's been a good defender at this level. So I keep thinking, McCall's going to turn around, he's going to get it right, he says all the right stuff. Um, but I had a shite record going to Firhill as a supporter when I actually lived there, so I'm kind of hoping um, going back there as a kind of in-comer um, will... Uh, okay, championship. Music, I, I want to be adored as this <laughs> Okay, championship. After 13 games over a third of the season, how's everyone faring up? Have our early season predictions come to fruition? Who's been poorer or better than expected? And who's already out of the, the race for the title or the playoffs and who's consigned to a relegation battle? Uh, in terms of goal scorers, Northern Strike on Shankland is lighting up the league. Uh, Forrest has got eight. McHugh, Morton, and Nisbet have got six. Luke McCowan at air and uh, Troutman at Allo have both got five. It's going to take someone like Keane Hemmings at Dundee or Kenny Miller at part to go on a wee spree to propel someone up the league maybe Andrew? Um, it probably is. I'm not sure if these sorts of figures are all that rare. I had a wee look and actually last season in total only five players scored more than ten goals. Um, Shanklin Dobby, Billy Mackay, Zach Rudden and Pavel Stefranco. And then after that you've got um, 20 players that scored between five and ten. I'm just not sure that prolific goal scorers exist at this level because if they did then they would be snapped up pretty quickly, probably in January. Um, so yeah, we you know maybe someone will go on a run, but um, I suspect it'll just be as you say, goals spread around Dundee United coasting to the title, and that'll probably be the the way it works out. Okay, yeah. let's wind up this championship. But uh, predictions: those who have knowledge don't predict; those who predict don't have knowledge. Um, which camp do we fall into? Neither. No. <laughs> okay, who's got uh, three predictions for the rest of the season? Oh my god. Fuck, this came out of nowhere. Um, I emailed you about this. Yeah, you did. You sent did the you? WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been moving house. Right, I'll just go for mine and then you can just pick up if you want. Right, Dundee to go on a run. Nope. Uh, that, could, I, I know, but it could, could be a crap run. Could be a really oh, good one. Could, well could be like. Uh, <laughs> could be, <laughs> That's not what you meant when you. No, I did. <laughs> it could be like Mo Farah in London Marathon. It could be a guy. You know that one with the guy with his, his legs are buckled and he needs to get like carried over the line. Could be one of those runs. Could be a really shit run. Dunfermline to sack Crawford in the new year and get him on of Stuart Petrie. That's going to happen. Everyone knows it's going to happen. And I'm going to say in the next, I think over Christmas into January, us to definitely solidify third and then slowly chip away at air to get second as we close yeah. in towards the end of the season I'll, that, I mean that's my three I'll go with us to finish second clean 
with no chipping or anything like that. That's to finish second. Well, James, okay, okay. No, I agree. James went paid to be sacked before the end of March, which is quite a long time frame, and Sean Rooney to get knighted. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think, yep, I think second. I think we're going to run sometime this season. I think we're going to a good run. James, Richie, Ford, McPate will be sacked. I think before March. I think I can see him going probably at Christmas time. I don't see him being there long. That's I think. next week. Yep, exactly. Okay, Gordon Strachan to come in. There's my explosive. Oh. Is he, well, he's there already. Yeah, but to come in as manager. Yeah. It's, he's a new Craig Levine, I think. Is he going to come in as manager and live in the Midlands? Well, he's done that. He done it in Scotland manager, didn't he? So he could do it. Um, Disgusting little troll. They could manage them by, uh, by Skype. Yeah. <laughs> And my, my third one will be Charlie, Tra- could, Charlie like, Trafford to turn up on ice hockey skates could, for an away match. Is Jimmy Nicol not assistant manager? Yes, yes, Jimmy Nicol could like hold up a Skype, could hold up a, a um, tablet Fa- just with FaceTime. Uh, Strachan's, FaceTime. Strachan's face mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Crank, Crank uh, the bad guy in mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Turtles. It's like a, it's like a head and a, and a body. So you could hold him up like that. Strachan could give his lecture. Nobody got that reference. His eugenicist lectures about how, you know, you don't need to worry about them being small ginger dwarves mm-hmm. and that actually, you know. I've no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've only got one prediction, and that is County to come in for Kenny Miller in January. What? Whoa! He'll you've never, heard he something. He, he, what he you would, mean, would never move up there. As what? As a player. Bizarre. That Prediction. sounds like that's just so left field that it, it reeks of yeah. inside knowledge. Well, prediction is very difficult, especially if it's about the future, said Nils Bohr, Nobel Laureate in Physics. Now, Halloween may have come and gone, arriving with all the ceremonial fanfare of La Sonia Dumboya before being ushered out quickly at the door, but still with us uh, is the Nightmare 11. At present, we, we have just one incumbent of the worst ICT 11 of all time, and that is striker Danny Lopez. An individual so awful, he lists The Godfather Part 3 as his favourite film, he likes pineapple on his pizza, and he hawks phlegm at disabled puppies. So, to add to the second player of the team, which will be sporting that brown and white piece of crap from the early noughties, which Ross is winning today, it's over Andrew Young. Okay, we got an unbelievable response on Twitter actually to this, uh, considering the tweet just went out yesterday. So, people making nominations were Joseph Waite, Paul Irving, Scott Bambi, Top Six Next Year, Scott's Tweets, Lynn McDonald, David Duncan, Jake, Paul Deary and Sean Selkirk, Callum Ennis, David Barkley, Peter Fraser. We had full teams nominated by both Steve Houston and Gary Donaldson. We had Jack Waddington petitioning Craig Brewster to be named manager. And even Christopher Lindsay pitched in with a full 11, but as basically he was copy and pasting from post he made in Pine Bovril, then that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> what I was originally going to do was uh, look up stats for some of the nominations we had and see who should join kind of Danny Lopez and the team. But there's so many that um, I couldn't possibly do that. I mean, people that were mentioned were, yeah... Elston, D. McDonald, Malkowski, um, Tarmo Kink, 
Dan, uh, Lopez again, Blackman, Aldred, blah blah blah. So many. Uh, but the player that actually. <laughs> That's quite depressing. It is, isn't it? It's yeah. like, how the hell have we been such a, a, a successful team yeah, with the I utter thought, shite that we've had in Fuck me, no. Um, but actually, the player that um, got the most nominations of all, bizarrely, was Claude Napka. So I've just done a little <laughs> bit of uh, research into him. Um, I mean, I remember him as a lot more than a name. I don't remember where he was supposed to play. I think it was a winger or a striker. Um, the Cali Thistle online stats department doesn't seem to know either because they've got nothing next to position for him. I don't remember him. Um, if I saw him in the street, I wouldn't recognise him. Well, he made eight, he made eight appearances. He has an impressive win uh, uh, what's it win record or win percentage of zero. Um, <laughs> Thirty-seven point five percent draws, six two percent. Well, okay, he played in three draws and five defeats, basically, and he's pretty representative of Terry Butcher's lowest point as manager in right. season um, eleven twelve, where we finished like on only two points more than we were relegated on the season four. I think actually, um, I mean, the thing is, apparently, you know, he had done really well with Luton for three or four years, so it's quite sort of understandable that um, Butcher would have gone for him, but he just he did nothing for us. And if you look on his Wikipedia page, it kind of ends in this almost sinister type of thing, right? It kind of just goes, on, 20, on 5th August 2013, it was announced that Claude had signed for I-League sign Salosar FC, and then it just stops, and it's kind of like, um, you know, Pucci died shortly after returning to his home planet. <laughs> so that sort of thing. So, anyway, Claude Napka is our second uh, entrant in the Nightmare Eleven. Any what position any, does he play? Uh, I don't know. Striker, striker, whatever. He plays him all badly. Riley remembers him. So, uh, if, any, if any Luton Town fans are listening to this podcast, Claude Napka is a god for Luton Town because he scored the winner in one of these little BS trophy matches, right? So he scored at Wembley, basically. Johnson's Pete. One of those sort of trophies. So, lo and behold, Fast forward, Elgin away pre-season, we signed Dean Brill, who played for Luton Town. Yeah. So I had a few mad dogs down me that morning, and um, I shouted to, Cl- uh, to Dean Brill, Dean, welcome to IC, do you remember Claude Napka? And his retort was, was that, see you next Tuesday here last season? <laughs> and uh, we said yes, and he went, he's absolute gash. And, uh, Right. I, I, would, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't that's, know Claude Napka if I walked past him today, yeah. but uh, that's got to be the last word on Claude, Claude Napka. Yeah, but well, Dean Brill didn't like him. Do you know so. what? Just as an aside uh, from a video I watched yesterday on uh, one of the Leighton Orient fan pages, they did an interview with uh, <laughs> one of one of. I like Orient. That's my English team. So scented candles, uh, so Orient fans. They did an interview with uh, with, with Dino, and they they went through like all. So he's coming to the end of his career. This is you know talked about the best eleven players ever played with now. In his 11, Claude Napka was not in it, but <laughs> two Inverness Cali Thistle players were in that 11. So yep. Can you guess who well, they were? So Dean Brill already mentioned, absolutely brilliant goalkeeper, Dean Brill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean Brill. I know, but he obviously can't pick himself. He's picked his best 11, so oh. what two Cali players did it can win? Andrew Shinney. Christy, Christy's in there. Uh, Oh, Shinny actually was he too? No, no. Shinny, no. Shinny was it? But bang on, yeah. He put, he basically picked a four-two-three-one, yeah. and Christie played the ten. Right. Okay. So that's a uh. Ryan Christie, uh. young, young young Ryan Christie that uh. we had, he played with, is the best ten he ever played with. Yeah. There's yeah. one other player. Who do you think it is? Hansy or Draper? It's, no, it's a defender. Warren. Meekings. Nope. 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 From Arco. Dave Raven. Nope. Raven. Nope. Grab and roll. Graham Shinny. Boom! He played. He played. He played what? Yeah, he played one season with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, a wee aside, but mm-hmm. just a good video. It's on the 
Right, uh, you finished uh, with the Nightmare 11. We finished Nightmare 11. Mailbag, not ballbag. Mailbag. Right, we're going to mailbag, not ballbag. Now, in advance of the pod today, uh, Andrew Sutherland, who normally does the mailbag, uh, or ballbag, has emptied his heavy sack <laughs> over the floor and and, and uh, Andrew Young has picked... Mopped it up. Andrew Young <laughs> has picked through the mess to deliver us the mailbag. What do you have in your sticky fingers today? Uh, oh! Go on, Spider-Man. Well, quite, a, quite appropriately, uh, from Evanzo7, what transfer of a player has made you salty? I'm still pissed <laughs> oh, off. Oh, very good. That is the of the season. I'm so, still pissed yeah. off over the selling of Mark Brown all those years ago. Ross, what do you think? Anyone? Well, I think the way that Wynus left the second time really did leave salt in my eyes. I mean, the you know, it was done... It, it was done in a really horrible way for what was a club legend. He went to St Mirren, who were playing at the same level, and um, yeah, it was the one that made me really angry. When oh, for it me, happened. for me, it's for me, it's uh, Bobby Mann. You know the way he went to Dundee oh. and left us high and dry. Yeah. Just oh. you know, total yeah. you never lack that of face. I'm obviously, I'm obviously, I'm obviously joking because I know he listens to it. So. Yeah. I love you, Bobby. The thing about that is, though, I think Man really wanted to go, didn't he? Mm. What is it? One from, yeah. his, one from his. Well, Grant, that's a team. One from yeah. his Grant Monroe, definitely. I mean, Butcher just like absolutely pushed him out, and he was. You know, we were shit the following season. You know, he's Cali through and through. You know, and yeah. some people would argue that it made like, like cleared the way for Warden in the meetings, but you know. Um, he was. Do you, do you know what? Do you know what? He was really badly dealt with, Grant Monroe. Uh-huh. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he, he, it's because he was a big influence in the dressing well, room, and Butcher didn't want anyone that uh, might possibly pose a threat to his. For, do you know what? I can forgive that. Butcher was taking us to the next he level. Was. Okay, so very quick one here. Uh, from Josh Anderson, who should we try and sign in January or next summer? Personally, I think we need a player like Walsh or Welsh in case of injury. Uh, Paul Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've got Walsh and Welsh, and they're going to be fit again in January, and everything will be, you know. I'd see the boys from uh, Inverness City. You, what is it? Uh, Blair Henderson? I'm probing. Part timers, well, it's not time for part timers. Do you know what? Do you know what? I think I, I, do you know something? I think that's a brilliant shot. Boys, a goal scorer. I mean, if you I, score I, in the third yeah, division, yeah, yeah. you scored in the championship. I think so. we could get Aye. him. That's but a great shot. Jordan shape. White scored a hat trick against Edinburgh City. And he'll struggle, you know. He'll struggle to score three goals. No, but we're in not six talking. We're not, we're, not, we're not. We weren't asking it to sign an Edinburgh City centre half. We're asking it to sign Blue Henderson striker. Well, why is it's nobody else different? Why is nobody else done it? He scored those goals last season because he might possibly be a. Maybe Rory McAllister. Rory McAllister. Have a good job. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we know now that last January we tried to sign him <laughs> from from uh, from Elgin, but he'd already gone to Peter Hedge. Fucking Shane Sutherland. So we obviously are looking about that market in well, general. Again, there's a few gems in there. I, I would take one. Yeah. All right, one very quick one, and then we're going to go to the last one that will be really interesting. Um, I don't think there's a real answer to this. Will any of the Fort William 9 make it into the first team? I think it's really hard from Ali. I think it's really hard to know that, but I would like to see Donald Morrison and Harry Nicholson make it because they're native Gaelic speakers, and then every <laughs> game that we are in would be in BBC Alaba. I was, I, was, I was giving his class this year in a pre season friendly, and uh, Ryan Fife, the right back, who's at Fort William, one of the nine. Stood out for me. Look, I think Gabriel Hastings, perhaps. I've never seen him, but the boy, the boy Fife looks a player like he's got the Sean Rooney stature about him. I don't know the Sean Rooney mentality because there's not many Sean Rooney's because we love Sean Rooney in this podcast, but Ryan Fife for me stood out. The goalkeeper Mark McKinnon's apparently got a good pedigree. I do, I do think that the fact that he'd been sent to Fort William is a, is a little bit of a poison chalice, and the fact that you know Harper's still 
you know, Harper's with the first team, which well, I was Harper's the first team. fully developed physically. No, 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 compared to those boys, I mean, no, I don't but think the one so. that I, think, I would I think they're pretty much of a muchness to the be one honest. that I've seen of all of them that I've seen play in a college, I'm sure it's Jack Brown, and I think he's well, a good excellent, mm-hmm. but he is extremely small. Yeah, this is but, the problem um, that we seems to be every, this is why we don't develop players. Anyway, this is something for another podcast. I'll say, finally, um, from the Ardor Seer. Um, oh. Zabi Malkowski, Mr. Oh. William McMillan. Virgin. Who is the most underrated player we've ever had? And William says, for the record, any answer other than Russell Duncan is wrong. The most, the the most underrated player. Underrated player we've ever had. Neil McCush. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute sycophant. <laughs> I think it's Mr. worth, I mean, this is all relative, so I think it's worth mentioning Liam Polworth. We personally might have rated him really highly. But given how look how it's came on now, the yeah. overall support rated him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's walked into Motherwell. He's playing every week. He's He'll be playing one in the championship in England players. next season. And you know what? In the summer, he's going to a higher level. Russell was a great. Show. I, I see Stuart Goldbeck for me. I think Golly was a great left back. Um, but I think he got lost in that defence a little Scored bit. Scored our first goal in the Premier League against Dunfermline. Yep. Um, but I think. Du- McBain, you could put McBain in with Duncan as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I was going to say. Good oh, Roy well. McBain. Yeah. Roy McBain. Oh, Again, unsung hero, Roy McBain. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know. If, was Duncan that underrated? I mean, I, just about everyone I know, you know, did rate him. It's anyway, more just I, the extent to which he was slated yeah. when he first. I think, I think Roy McBain's uh, a really Mc... good one because Roy McBain was a bit of a water uh, carrier, but he could do everything. Russell well, Duncan. Might... Russell Duncan was treated like a Grant and Roe, but they both left at the same time. You remember the game as Hamilton? They had yeah. that sign up. I think he was harshly treated, but. Yeah, Duncan's a good shot. These boys, McBain, Duncan, Monroe, they would never have played at the top level, at the top league of Scottish football, if they hadn't come there with us. We were doubting them at second tier, and they actually ended up excelling in the the top tier. Anyway, everyone knows that, um, you know, or Ross at least knows that my answer to this is always Danny Sanchez. That's like we, we have what private you, conversations about Danny Sanchez. Do you think he's Ireland underrated? I think Danny Sanchez was massively yeah, underrated. I, I, think was, he, I thought he was rubbish. He was not rubbish. Howling, he, you're right. Howling player. You just you pair it have no eye for a perfectly weighted through ball. You know. You look, yeah, you, yeah, you, you look, you, your eyes look at someone else. I think, but no, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was hopeless. No, he was he, not. not he was not. You know, no. he was. He was like. I'm gonna have to. Danny Sanchez, second fine player. No, he was good. He wasn't supposed no. to be tackling. He was up there threading balls. Are you going to end your section on Danny Sanchez? Is that your ending? Your where, where are you boys at? The I Challenge still... Cup final, the one we lost to Dundee. Yeah. The Lee Griffiths Dundee. Yeah. The... Danny Sanchez. Uh, Danny Sanchez was outrageous. He was all right. No, he wasn't all right. He was outrageously. He was. He was a ten in. He was not a strike. He got nine goals right in fifty-one appearances, almost half of which. It looked like a waiter. Almost half of which were a sub, right? Mm-hmm. You know, compare that even to someone like Graham Bain, who only got 20 goals in 133 and was an out-and-out striker. He's done all right, you know, and anyway, his subsequent Don't career... Don't badmouth Graham Bain. No, I'm not badmouthing him, but Sanchez's subsequent career proves how great he was because he has played for Wellington Phoenix, Twin Mun, Atuhaya, Fort Lauderdale and FC Jazz. <laughs> well, they just, and, so who, there you go. and who doesn't want that on their yeah, CV? Exactly. And they're still <laughs> still <laughs> well, they're still unrecognised career. Do you play for Gryffindor now? <laughs> well, we started off the section with jazz, and we're finishing it with jazz. There you go. Oh, right. Final section of the uh, the pod oh, for everyone that's listening. Section. Club merchandise from the team that brought you the Shimmer Ball. We bring you the 25th anniversary Dog Bowl, so you can be reminded of the dog that you had 25 years ago. 
Um, we also have the 2020 calendar, and rumour has it we're doing another special calendar. So, January, who would be in the cal calendar for January? The word January comes from Janus, the Roman god of gates and doorways, depicted with two faces and looking in opposite directions. So, appropriately for January, we have the gruesome, two-faced twosome of Ross Draper and Billy Mackay. Anyone else? In my January, I would like Mitch Curry. Why? I think it should be obvious. Okay. I don't eat curry in January. Really? Is that your thing, Jamie? Is that your form of dry January? Yeah. In February, February, I've got Jake Mulraney because he was always lacking that little bit at the end. March, March is the national month of repentance, so this is obviously Ricky Calder. April, April, Aphrodite is the Greek goddess of love and beauty, so April is Andy Shinney. Uh, in honour of well, Sav's uh, favourite favourite good looking oh, Sav's now um, that should actually be Valentine's Day it should be February for Andy uh, yeah, May that's the time of celebration and happiness and song so May is David Raven and his guitar <laughs> <laughs> uh, June June right at the start of June the sun is rising in the constellation of Taurus the bull which is exactly what you can smell every time Roy McGregor starts talking Ooh. we can't have Roy McGregor in a Califas so uh, do you know what right yes. June, June I've got Roy McGregor in a barn July, July, Julius Caesar reformed the Roman calendar, hence the Julian calendar, forty-six BC. In the process, he renamed the month after himself, which is something only Terry Butcher would do. So Terry Butcher, he's for July. Any additions for any of them? I've only got one, so I I thought we were picking one. You went through the old. Which one have you got? Yeah, October. Well, wait a minute then. I'll go. I'll do August right. Wait, wait, August is National Sandwich Month. So, in honour of the player, of this player, and and the joke we've done before, and we're doing it again. This is Joe Chalmers, Tesco, just ham sandwich of an SPL midfielder. September. September. Wake me up when September ends. The Green Day lyrics that Sean Welsh and James Keating's utter before being put in a back to tank after inevitable injuries in the first game of the season. October. Mars is the Roman god of war. So October is Darren Dodds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thinking July, Johnny Tuffy, given that he used to play loyalist songs in the changing room, probably a picture of him under the lodge banner marching. Um, Richie Hart and a big snowman. That could be January. Oh, right. Richie Hart's white Christmas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously in December we've got the Flannan Isles mystery when like all the light keepers disappeared. Oh, yeah. yeah I, so like Billy King, you used to disappear. Yeah. You know about like uh, yep. part of away into every single match. That's, that's the club calendar. Also, in the, well, also in the club shop is the ICT dog, dog lead uh, and, and collar. Which made me. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, this is. We're finishing the pod with this. I'm not going to let that go. Um, right. So we, uh, what I could have done is I could have done a really intelligent type feature that we could have done involving dogs, but in the end, I've gone with players that sound like dogs. And number ten, I've got Cavalier Billy King Charles Spaniel. At number nine, I've got Wayne Add a Beautiful Coat. <laughs> At number eight, I've got Air Den Chippendale Terrier. And number seven, I've got Duncan Sheranian. <laughs> and number six, I've got Liam American Foxhound. And number five, I've got Robert Beagle. That's my favourite. And number four, I've got Mike Malteesdale. <laughs> so num and number three, I've got Beast on Fridge. <laughs> I don't know that many Beasts. And, and, and number two, I've got Shit Lopez Zoo. <laughs> 
<laughs> and at number one, in honour of one of our, our favourite listeners, we've got Bobby Doberman. <laughs> that, I mean, that would have sustained a whole episode of Off the Ball, and you've done it in, in uh, 30 seconds. Um, so so we, went, we, went, we went, I think us three went, because we weren't given the memo here, we went for a piece of merchandise that we'd like to see in the ICT shop, which Aye. you've not went for. So. No, well, what is it? I was in Edinburgh yesterday with the missus and we walked by a stall in Prince Street Gardens. They were selling Willy Warmers. Willy Warmers. So I thought ICT should cash in on this massive, massive market. Massive save me. And don't shaft people out of money. Uh, <laughs> where is he going? Where is he going? I don't know. I just want. I want to. I want to get more shafted. Just wanted to see Willie Warmer. No, that's a true thing. I just want to be shafted at high prices, remember? Anyone get anything else? You, you want to record? No. Okay, that's us for now. We're planning on doing one final pod of the year, which will be a Christmas special packed with presents from Pentangle, memories of the Victorian market and crap patter only heard down the keg on Boxing Day, or as it's known in the keg, every day. We're also <laughs> hopeful of speaking to some explorers soon. If a Skype connection will work, we can get in the studio. Maybe oh, we can get Stevie yeah. Hislop to get specs on, see the light and have a chat. We'd love to get Yogi off the golf course, and we're hopeful we can get a two-for-one job and Josh Meekings can pay the fair Bobby Man charges for a taxi from Dundee. And if anyone wants to contribute with their music skills or art skills to the pod, get in touch. A Jingle Bells version of the team tune or an Invernesian cover of the 12 Days of Christmas would be cracking. Thanks to everyone who's still listening. We're now all off to write our Christmas lists to Ross Morrison. Take care of yourself and each other. And it's bye for everybody. Bye. Merry Christmas. Not Christmas yet. I know. I know. Someone put like, what fuck have you done to our podcast? That's going to take me two days. I'm going to see when that going to next month. Yeah, it's a Monday morning. Monday morning. Leaving as much of the shite as you can. Monday afternoon, but leaving some shite, yeah. Yep, yep.